Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Reclaim Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Elise, just a black girl out here trying to help everybody do better, including and especially her problematic self. <laughs> hey, y'all. Um, hi. I'm so excited to have you guys back uh, listening to the show. Um, so if you're following me on social media, this is my birthday weekend. Yay, happy birthday. My birthday was actually on Thursday, uh, Valentine's Day. And I had so much fun. I loved, um, I, first of all, can I just shout out my friends? Hey, friends. Um, shout out to y'all. Cause <laughs> y'all know just, just the tributes and all the stuff on social and hit, blowing up my phone. And oh my gosh, my Facebook wall will never be the same. Just like y'all are just the best. And I love you and I appreciate you. And thank you guys so much for your support. And your prayers and just, yes, the power of friendship is a real thing. So yeah, I had my birthday. I am 34. I'm very proud of my age. I'm not one of those people who's like, a lady never tells her age. Well, I'm a lady and I'm telling my age because A, it's something to be proud of because it beats the alternative. And B, because we need to break this stigma. Like what's wrong? What's wrong with getting older? Maybe that's another topic we'll talk about um, in further podcasts, but there's nothing wrong with getting older. There's nothing wrong with aging. Um, when done gracefully, I know you're just not falling apart of the seams, but when done gracefully, like aging is lit. Like, have you seen, have you, have you seen Angela Bassett? Have you seen so many others? Cicely Tyson. Oh my gosh. Like it, my mama, my grandmama, like, come on. If that's what I have to look forward to, then I, and red day so yes i'm a valentine's baby oh y'all can we have a quick meeting everybody huddle in huddle in huddle in huddle in huddle in okay everybody real close okay everybody listening it is pronounced valentine's day not valentine's day it is not valent time like on a clock it's valentine with an n valentine named after saint valentine um yes it is a pet peeve of mine i don't know why people keep saying it it is very annoying it is an easy fix phoebe is over there in agreement with me shaking her bell as loudly as possible um which is interesting because she was perfectly silent until now so yes that is her affirmation of the truth of what i am selling saying to you valentine's so yeah, great birthday, wonderful birthday, beautiful gowns, beautiful gowns. Had a great time. Um, so yes, thank you all for showing me love. Thank you to my friends, my family. Thank you to all of you who are following along. Um, and all right, you know, we got a show today and yeah. So let's start off with some church announcements. Let the people of the reclaim say amen. Glad to be here, say amen again. And say amen one more time if you really like the show. We're glad that y'all here today, and these will be your church announcements. So this week in the church announcements, 21 Savage um, is out of ICE custody. Uh, first of all, what a headline. <laughs> like Things that no one would have ever thought of unless you worked at The Onion. Um 
Yes, 21 Savage is out of ICE custody. He was recently released. Um, the rapper, who was thought to be an Atlanta native and had all of us walking around saying, it's a, <laughs> it's a knife, it's a party, it's a birthday, all that stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, has been, yeah, we thought he was an Atlanta native. He's actually British. He came to the United States as a very young teen. He was uh, recently arrested by ICE. Um, oddly enough, right around the time he started discussing about, you know, black wealth and, you know, caring for our communities. And he started actually doing work within the communities. No, ICE was not really after him, you know, when he was talking about trapping and rapping and all that other stuff. But just as soon, just as soon as you start talking about black empowerment. Yeah, they just it's just it's just odd. The timing, the timing of it all. But yes, he is uh, out of custody. Um, his lawyers and his family are still helping him decide what to do in this particular incident. Um, wishing him all the best. Ice is not funny. That is not a funny situation. Um, while some of the memes have been, you know, pretty hilarious, you know, like one of the characters from Harry Potter, um, who also happens to have that, uh, natural hairstyle similar to 21 Savage, uh, and people have were saying like this is uh twenty one seven whatever it was it that was funny but being in ice custody is not funny we should take it very very seriously um, we should take it really really seriously and show our support because you know like I said it's odd that all of a sudden when people start talking about certain things they get targeted by certain organizations and groups <sighs> yeah um on to the next thing also in the same family of being targeted by certain organizations and groups. Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed won their suit against the NFL, um, accusing the NFL of collusion to keep Kaepernick from playing. Kaepernick originally filed his grievances against the NFL in 2017, uh, accusing team owners of violating the league's collective bargaining agreement by colluding to keep him off of a team. They basically blackballed them. And yeah, it sucks. And, you know, Colin's dream was to play football, but his calling, you know, became, you know, civil rights, you know, the civil rights movement didn't end with Dr. Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks, Medgar Evers. Um, It didn't, it has not ended. We still continue to say that the same conversation that we said on the shores of West Africa, they loaded us up into ships that we are human beings and we ought to be treated as such. Um, and you don't have to be, you don't have to be a reverend or, you know, any type of thing like that, any high position like that to be in the civil rights fight. You just have to basically tell people that you're a human being and automatically you're just thrust into the civil rights fight. Um, needless to say, there has been, it it has been a tumultuous few years Um, I personally like to find the humor in a lot of things. Um, and while this is a very serious, another very serious issue, um, I think it's funny because I'm looking at all the people who said Colin Kaepernick wasn't playing because of his talent. And here you have, he won his suit against the NFL, which is basically the NFL admitting to the fact that they colluded against this young man who is more talented than probably several quarterbacks that are out there that are on teams 
and playing, but, you know, didn't say that, you know, black people shouldn't be shot by police officers for no reason or shouldn't be murdered. It's in that it is murder. Call it what it is. Um, and because he said that and because, you know, he peacefully protested, he didn't run on the field naked with Black Lives Matter scribed into his like chest. Um, and he wasn't beating down doors, you know, he wasn't doing anything like that. He knelt in quiet protest. And all of the sudden, all of the people just, you can't protest like that. And I think it's, I have always thought it was very, very funny that the oppressor tells the oppressed how they should protest their own oppression. And I, I, I've always thought that was very, very interesting that people who are oppressing people will come and tell you that how you protest their oppression that they are imposing upon you, the oppressed is inappropriate or it's not correct. Or, and here's the list why when they could just come out and just say, I don't like that you're protesting. I don't want to see you do this. I don't want to just, I I just want to watch your big black body, um, play football. I don't care about your people. I don't care about your community. I don't want to see any of this, um, any of this while I'm trying to be entertained on my Sunday night. I just want to drink my beer and watch you entertain me, boy. And I think it's very, very interesting that no one has the guts to actually say that, you know, like say what you want about the racists of the past. At least they had the balls to say that they were racist. You know, these, these new these new cowards today, we just a few months back here in Philly, we had, um, I forget the name of the group um, and probably rightly so because they're trash, but it was a group that is in essence a hate group um, and they are right. They're a right, right wing hate group. They were coming to protest something. Who, who cares? They were standing in front of the National Museum of Jewish History here in Philadelphia and they wanted to protest. Literally six people showed up. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, the counter protest here was about maybe 10 times, 10 times bigger. Um, because as soon as we heard they were coming, we're like, Oh no, not in our city of brotherly love. Now Philly has its own racist issues, um, of its own. And you know, that that's another topic for another day. But I was proud of my city when I saw that scroll across my social media feed. Like I, first of all, I didn't even know they were coming. And secondly, like, thank God I found out because like, that's a route that where they were is a route that I'm frequently in, like traveling through to get to wherever I'm getting to. And so, you know, to avoid all of that hoopla or maybe maybe I needed to be there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, but you get the point. The point is that people who are oppressing or people who are of the culture of the oppressor need do nothing but listen and consider the voices of the oppressed. And I heard a great conversation uh, a few days ago on the Red Table Talk. Um, great show. Shout out to Jada Pinkett and Willow and her mama and all these other, all these great people that they have come speak. I love that. I love that program. But one of the young ladies, in essence, was saying that, you know, people approach her 
about her anger about certain things. And they were like, well, why do I, as a white woman, have to take the responsibility for what my ancestors did? And she flipped it in such a beautiful way by saying, if I still have to consider what my ancestors went through at the hands of your ancestors, you still have the right to take the need to take responsibility for what they did. If we're still living in America where black men who are standing in their backyards or sitting in their cars taking a nap or crossing the street or buying cigarellos or whatever, what have you, people who are just living their lives are still gunned down violently. And we'll have a Dylan Roof or whoever the young man is who walked into Parkland murder, mass murder people. And the police will still, will, they'll even engage in a, in, a, in a shootout with police officers, injuring people and whatnot. And they will still get arrested and still be cared for and still be kindly handled. And, 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 the, and the news will say, oh, he was a troubled young man. Oh, he was a lone wolf. No, we call BS. We call BS. If we still live in a society that over polices one group and doesn't even monitor the, the, the violent and vile actions of their own, we all need work. We all need work. So after saying all that and Phoebe is over there still agreeing with me, um, let's take a break and head to the mess and the message. Come on, have a seat on the couch, come sit up next to me, and let's talk this mess and message for the week. So I love February. Uh, I, I don't love it for the weather. Like I said, I'm here in Philadelphia. It's frigid, although the last few days have been oddly nice. I take it as God's birthday gift to me. Thank you, Lord. You are awesome. Um, but I love Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm going to drive that in y'all head. We're we are going to get it. Valentine's Day. I love Valentine's Day. I love love. Um, I love Black History Month. Uh, a little, no, little known fact, black people actually don't just celebrate Black History Month. You know, we celebrate 365, seven days a week, uh, every hour on the hour. We are constantly in celebration of our very valuable, very influential, very wonderful, vibrant, powerful, beautiful culture. Um, can I get a good amen? Um, pretty much black history month is for y'all to be like, Hey, hi, you know, while we celebrate ourselves 365, um, this is just your annual reminder in the beginning of the year, as we set the tone for the year that black people built this. Okay. Okay. We built this. Um, and I just, I, I, I really appreciate you know, learning all of the, you know, there's, while I know a bunch of facts and you've heard a bunch of black history facts and black history contributions, first of all, black history happens every single day. Every single time a person of the diaspora does something great, we all, we all are out here winning. We are a community, you know, and we, we encourage each other and we grow with each other and we flourish with one another. Um, and even more so, it feels like even more so now in this really social media driven time, say what you want about social media, but it really does connect people. Um, 
you know, when you find out one of our own is winning, one of our own had their, you know, started off on YouTube and are suddenly, you know, making amazing television shows for HBO, Issa Rae, shout out to you. Um, You know, one of us, you know, wrote a book and, you know, it becomes an instant bestseller. Hello, Lovey Ajayi and uh, Cleo Wade. Yo, shout out to y'all. We're doing the things and we encourage each other and shout out each other and pull for each other. Um, And I love it. I love, I love it. Um, And I'm enjoying learning about, you know, things from the past that have happened with my culture. Um, Little known facts, little known connections. Side note. Did you know that we would not know or be as um, enamored, I guess is the the word that I want to use, with Zora Neale Hurston if it wasn't for Alice Walker? I just learned this a few weeks ago, guys. Come close, come close. So Alice Walker, uh, as a writer, she, you know, she'd been creating books. For those who are unfamiliar with Alice Walker, she is the, the pen that has scribed the, the, the wonderful work known as The Color Purple. Massively influential, wonderful piece of writing. And that's not even her only work. And I wouldn't even call that her best work. That's just the one that she's uh, best known by. But she had, she had a love of Zora Neale Hurston's work. And so because she was so involved, whenever, you know, people would interview her or ask her for her, like people who were influential to her, she would shout out Zora Neale Hurston. For those of us who know who Zora Neale Hurston is, you know, their eyes were watching God and Barracoon and all those books like that. She wrote back in the Harlem Renaissance, but all of her stuff was out of print by the time Alice Walker even came on the scene. And so by that, by that, that magic, that connection you know, we, her, Zora Neale Hurston was in essence, not necessarily reborn, but revitalized. Interest in her was revitalized. All her stuff is back in print, you know, and that, that, that's massive because of Alice Walker. And when I found that out, that just warmed my heart because like the black girl magic, y'all even extends, um, the, the boundaries of time where we just, we keep shouting each other out and keep loving on each other and keep exposing our, our, our greats and, you know, those who are forgotten, um, or seemingly forgotten. We keep shouting each other out, even when spans of, of, of decades, um, separate us, you know? And so I love that when I found that out, I was just like, yo, look at us. (laughs) We wouldn't know their eyes were watching God. We wouldn't have like fell in love with Barracoon. There's so many other works we would have missed out if it wasn't for Alice Walker talking about Zora Neale Hurston. Amazing, right? So I, I love Black History Month. What I don't love about this particular Black History Month is something that we've been discussing on the show for some time. You know, the... (sighs) <sighs> the insurgence of racism um, has like tried to snake its way into our celebratory moment, uh, particularly, you know, in fashion. Uh, and, you know, it's 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 oddly fitting that in Trump's America, blackface would emerge. It's oddly fitting um, that, you know, we're we're getting exposed. I'm not saying any of this is new. It's not like a big resurgence. I am certain. I am 
very clear and very certain that blackface has been a big thing. We're just, people are getting caught because they're, they're being dumb and putting it on their social media. They're putting it on their Facebook walls because they think it's cute and funny that they dress, they dress up like Colin Kaepernick or like the guy who dressed up as um, Trayvon Martin with a bloody sweatshirt with Skittles and uh, a Sprite in his hands. Um, and, you know, people are getting in more trouble about it, you know, because this is, <laughs> this is not cool. Like, people don't want to go to school where, you know, there's people running around in blackface, you know, University of Oklahoma. Uh, people don't want to patronize brands that promote blackface, Prada and Gucci. Um, interestingly, speaking of those two, both Prada and Gucci have began initiatives to restore the relationships uh, with consumers, us, high, um, following those racist fashion faux pas. So Gucci's relationship with Dapper Dan, who participated with Gucci in um, 2017 on the menswear line and, you know, well-known in the black fashion community as Gucci used to steal a lot of Dapper Dan's designs and we've been calling them out about it for years. So when that collaboration finally happened, um, while we were really excited for Dapper Dan to finally get his roses and his coins, a lot of us were like, well, Gucci, y'all had better, <laughs> y'all had better have connected with Dapper Dan because, yo, you owe him so much. You owe him a lot, as well as a lot of other artists. And we can get into that and the whole theft of big brands on local artists. But Gucci, um, about Dapper Dan, um, Dapper Dan himself has emerged as the leading voice demanding accountability from Gucci over that sweater. Um, the, uh, balaclava sweater. Uh, and I, I saw something on Gucci's website where they said, you know, that sweater was originally a homage to some crazy designer or artist or whatever, what have you it was homage and I'm like okay so couldn't your homage have been a different color <laughs> like think about it y'all like can we can we can we talk if that sweater was yellow with green lips who would have cared just can we just be really honest I wouldn't have cared I would not have cared at all um I know a lot of us who wouldn't like any shades of brown with red lips is problematic but there also exist billions of colors with billions of color combinations. And so we're literally, as people of color, like circling all of these colors. We are doing a full LeBron James. <laughs> Y'all remember the beam where LeBron James has his hands extended, looking at his teammate like, yo, what are you doing? We're looking at all of these colors. <laughs> looking at all these colors. And... You know, Gucci standing there holding like black and with red lips, like, oh, <laughs> right. <sighs> so Dapper Dan, even in being connected with Gucci, still had the guts to call them out on their BS um, and was invited to a meeting uh, with local, not local, but uh, creatives of color, uh, employees of Gucci of color. Um, to figure out what happened and how it happened and to make some, what, what Dapper Dan's call, what Dapper Dan says, serious demands of Gucci, really hard and heavy demands of Gucci. So in the coming weeks, we're going to see something come out from them. Conversely, Prada, 
who, if you guys remember, uh, you could check it out on the reclaimed blog that, um, the reclaimed.blogspot.com for all this information. Prada came out in December with the Pradamalia toys. And one of them was a little monkey who was black with giant red lips. Yes, more black face, you know, cause, cause trinkets and sweaters and, you know, Montclair coats and, you know, all sorts of things. Um, yeah. So Prada has enlisted the help of Ava DuVernay and artist Fiesta Gates uh, to evi- advise the Italian fashion house on diversity. Um, which, that's great. I, I love Ava DuVernay. I'm not really familiar with the Esther Gates. I will become familiar with the Esther Gates. Um, they're creating, Prada's creating a council to help guide them. Now, if Prada really wants to be proactive, they'll also bring in uh, Mew Mew herself, Mew Mew Prada. Um, you see a Prada who, you know, last week or we talked about, you know, the problematic views that she has um, talking about, you know, it has to be a secret culture, secret society for people to even be creative. Meanwhile, we're raising our hands like, yo, there, here's a billion ways to be creative. Blackface is not one of them. Blackface is offensive. We're like, literally, here are 10 things, five things, three things that are off limits, that are offensive, that we as a culture and society do not like because it comes from an origin of racism. Here are some things we don't like and we don't want to deal with. And here's a billion other things that are creative, innovative, cool, hip, we'll pay money for, we'll, we'll support you for, all these other things. And Prada standing there like, but now we have to create secret societies in order to be creative. No, spare me. Spare me the white tears. As one of my dear friends say, um, I am making mixed drinks out of white tears in 2019 this yes the, what what are, what are you even weeping about like there's a you could literally create so many cool and innovative and interesting things and yet you chose to do racist things like that was your election i'm glad that prada's uh leadership team has a differing opinion than musia prada herself I'm glad because they are making the organization itself is making massive strides in order to repair the relationships. But that's not what I, we came here to talk to <laughs> talk about. No, no, no. Because like I said, it's Black History Month and I love us. I love being black. Um, also, that's not offensive. If you hear a person of color bigging up their culture and you are offended by it, you are the problem because I'm allowed to love my culture just like you are allowed to love your culture. And hey, if I love my culture and you love your culture and we come together and we share our culture and share different elements of our culture and say, hey, this is why my culture is cool. Hey, this is why my culture is cool. Hey, you know what? Your culture is cool. Hey, you know what? Your culture is cool. All right. We have our separate cultures. We can enjoy each other's cultures. I can say your culture is cool. You can say my culture is cool. We have that's called appreciation and that's healthy. It's just like saying, hey, you know what? My mom is great because blah, blah, blah. Hey, you know what? My mom is great because of blah, blah, blah. Hey, you know what? Your mom is great because of blah, blah, blah. Hey, you know what? Your mom is great because of blah, blah, blah. Appreciation, right? Appreciation is wonderful. Um, but in fashion, it, it's, it's difficult because, you know, when you think about the, the Council of Fashion Designers of America, just here in the United States, among the 495 members of that council, only 17 of them identify as black. 
17 out of 495. And so what I did, what I started doing is, you know what? It's time to really support our own. It's time as people of color to really say, you know what? Thank you, Prada. Thank you, Gucci. Love what you're doing. Love that you're, you are trying to create a pathways of reconciliation. I love that. That's great. However, it's really time for me to take my dollars elsewhere for some time and support my own. Um, love what you're doing. Can't wait to see what comes out. Can't wait to see how this gets better. But it's time for me to take my money, my dollars over here. And I don't, I, I feel like we're late on this train because there's been so many wonderful and beautiful black owned fashion brands um, that have been, you know, kind of ostracized to the wings because, you know, for whatever reason, we only want to, can we just speak, can we just be real? I don't know what it is about black people and our culture and why we only trust things that were not made in our, in our own communities. Meanwhile, we'll go to H&M, even though they, they put one of our children in a sweatshirt that says the coolest monkey in the jungle. We'll go to a Prada or a Gucci um, and, and still shop there despite, you know, all of this backlash, Floyd Mayweather. And I don't, please spare me, spare me, bruh, with the, this is what really happened. No, 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 no. You're, you, you, you need to support your own and by supporting your own, you, you don't give them, you don't give people room to call you, call you things that are racist and inflammatory and terrible and, and hurtful, you know, and you, by that's just one element. By another one, you get to support your own community and who wouldn't want to do that? So I have, I took the time to do some things for you because I love you and I'm grateful that you guys are here. So like I was saying, fashion news seems more and more depressing as the days go by after Gucci, Prada, Dior. Let's not forget because like I said, there's a, while it's not racist to steal people's designs, (laughs) it is definitely appropriation uh, and remember, Dior is still not off the hook about the dashiki because they haven't even they haven't even addressed it. They're still selling it in their boutiques. Fine, fine, fine. Whatever, whatever, what have you. Fine, whatever. We're, we, we're just not going to buy it. And we're going to make fun of the girls who wear it. Um, Montclair, who came out with full Sambo coats and T-shirts in 2016. And I have no idea why I didn't even see it. But we see you now, Montclair. Um, Dolce Gabbana, who's been trash trash over the the just the time frame in which they've been out um the luxury pool for us has gotten pretty small and slim um for those of us who enjoy high-end pieces now transparency note some of us can't really afford trans uh some of us can't really afford luxury pieces some of us find our luxury pieces at the thrift store as you have known uh for some time yes I shop at the thrift store. I'm very happy about my thrift buys and thrift purchases. And I just, yes, I'm just overjoyed by the things I find there um, that happen to be luxury. And I pay like little, literally pennies to the dollar uh, for them. That being said, I might, I might pull my money. I will, I will pull my money 
to purchase one of these designers, one of these black owned designers. Um, like I said, many like myself have been asking, where are all the black owned luxury brands that we can support? Um, where we feel safe, where we feel valued. And this is not in complete retaliation of Gucci and Prada. If anything, this is an awakening. Like, oh, maybe we should be giving our money to people who don't call us monkeys and coons and Sambo. Maybe that, sh- maybe that should be our goal, to fund people who look like us, who produce the things that we like, who create the shapes that honor our body structures and our body shapes. Um, people who, people who come from our own community. Um, so praise the Lord. There's not only a black presence in the market. There are so many to choose from you guys for every style and mood. So I picked a handful that I really, really like, and you guys can follow along with me. Um, if you have your phones out, you know, I'm telling you right now, hop on Instagram These are the people you need to follow. These are the people you need to watch. These are the people you need to have your eyes on. And there's so many, 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 many more. And as I find more, I will upload them to, uh, to the reclaimed.blogspot.com, my blog. Um, so Oliver Botang, holy smokes. Have you seen the tailoring of Oliver Botang? Go there right now. Oliver spelled like Oliver. O-L-I-V-E-R, Botang, B-O-A-T-E-N-G, Oliver Botang. The tailoring on some of those pieces is immaculate. It is beautiful. And there's color. First of all, black people in color. Hey, y'all. Yo, (laughs) that melanin pops against some color. Let me tell you. And it's beautiful. And I love Oliver Botang's pieces. Pierre Moss is the next one. P-Y-E-R Moss, M-O-S-S. Just the uniqueness of the designs of Pierre's pieces, uh, how they stand out and yet are so complementary to our shapes. I love it. I love it. I love it. For the vixens in the room, shout out to y'all because y'all hold it down. Y'all look great. Laquan Smith, L-A- Capital Q U A N Smith, spelled like Smith. Y'all, get your life on these pieces. Laquan Smith is what's up. If you if you come into slay, come to slay. Absolutely. On the flip side, for uh for us uh, you know maybe a little more quirky, maybe a little more edgy, you know less sex bot and more uh just edgy and, and, and cool and urban talk about off white, off white. Just look it up. It's so cool and so unique and so different and cutting edge. I just, I, I stand, I stand off white. Um, whose designer is also, uh, designing some pieces for, uh, Louis Vuitton. And yeah, that's, that's, y'all that's incredible like put your coins together to get some of the pieces uh some of those pieces because those will be the ones that we purchase um shout out to the community uh kushni kushni c-u-s-h-n-i-e beautiful ladylike elegant 
just stunning pieces that I love. Like I was, I'm just, I've, I've been following Kushni for some time and I, 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 I stand a ladylike moment. This is like Tracy Ellis Ross, like so cool, so different, unique, but still like it's out of the box, but it's still so, it's still so accessible. Like it's not so out of the box and artsy that you feel like, holy crap, like how can I wear this? It's just like, oh, it's, you're going to look so good in these pieces and so different and stand out, but also feel so much like yourself. I just, I love those pieces. Next is Romeo Hunt, R-O-M-E-O Hunt, spelled like hunting. Um, another very unique, very cool, very urban, but urban elegant, urban elegant, edgy pieces. Um, think Amanda Steinberg, Amanda Steinberg. Um, think her, think her style. Like it just, it, it's, it's edgy and, and, and hip. And I hate saying hip. It makes me feel like an old person, but you get the point. It's very unique pieces. Um, and so those were the eight that I chose, uh, to shout out, uh, black luxury. I'm sorry. That was not eight. One, two, three, four, five, six. Sorry. Six. <laughs> Your girl can't count. Um, I really, really can't. I promise I can count. Um, six. Those are six brands that I looked at. Um, like I said, there's a whole host of them. And as I discover more, or as you guys send me some, uh, you know, DM me at The Reclaimed on um, Instagram and Twitter, The Reclaimed, or you can email me at The Reclaimed Blog, B L O G, um, at gmail.com. Um, if you think of more, if you know of more, or if you are a black owned brand, luxury brand. I would love to hear from you or a black owned brand in general. I want to shout you out. It's black history month. I want to shout you out. I want to show you love. I want to, whatever I can do to support you, please let me know. Um, because yes, we are in here. We need to show love to our own. Y'all are creating culture, um, creating the works of art that makes, gives us our swagger. <laughs> you know, you, you don't necessarily give us our swagger, but you highlight the swagger that we already have. And it's nothing like one of us to create something for us that we love and embrace. And so shout out to y'all. Like, I love you, black designers. Um, so that's it for the mess and the message. We're going we're gonna to support our own. We're going to love our own. And now it's time for the unpopular opinion. Now time for the unpopular opinion. Okay, black people, I need to talk to you about something. So we need to erase the stigma that is around black businesses, black labels, and black owned anything that says that it will be of less quality, of less usefulness, or that it should cost less. We really got to stop that, y'all. Um, we wouldn't walk into a Chanel store and say, hey, these purses, they cost $4,500, you know, and that's a little steep for me. Do you think you could lower the price to maybe $500? We, 
they would usher us out of the of the store laughing at us and lock the doors behind us after they kicked us out. Conversely, we shouldn't do the same thing to our own brands and our own designers. It, we what what is the point of of going to a store and like not showing your love or support? You know, you follow them and you know on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, what have you. Um, but the real support comes in your dollars, like, and if they create something and it costs a certain amount, pay that amount, (laughs) pay that amount. If you can't afford it, that's fine. That's fine. But don't expect them to lower the price because you're in their same community. No, pay the price, like buy the things, show your love and support that way. That really helps the brands. That really helps the creatives. Also, forget what you heard because that stigma about their, the, the items being of less value or of less quality is a lie. It's a lie. Oh, Phoebe. She's over here agreeing. Um, shout out to cats. <laughs> cats who just, just want to be in the podcast and up on your lap. So bad. But... It's a lie, guys. It's a complete and utter lie. There is no truth in it. Like, sure, you might have one or two bad, you know, businesses of color, but that's for like every every 10, every 20 other businesses of color who are phenomenal, who are professional, who take what they do seriously and, and, and bathe it in passion. I, I get really, 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 really frustrated when I see people who will walk into a Gucci and buy $450 sunglasses, but when they see that, you know, someone on Instagram just launched their accessories line and, you know, maybe charging $30, ask them if they can have a discount, even though the glasses are just as cool and there's a person of color. How dare, like, how dare we? How dare we, y'all? Like, we have to do better. Um... Let's make sure we shout out businesses that we love, that we support our own, that we support people who are working as creatives in our culture, that we support all of them and not just with our lip service, but with our dollars, because that in the end strengthens our own communities. So that's the end of the Reclaimed podcast for this week. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for your support. I... four months strong of this podcast you guys like that is really really incredible thank you guys so much for showing your love on social um if you have not followed me yet you can follow me at the reclaimed on instagram and twitter if you have anything any comments concerns screams of fury and pain uh please email me (laughs) feel free to email me um i always answer back unless you're being completely ridiculous and then you get blocked um but if you're not being ridiculous and you have like a legit concern um, and you want to talk, have a discussion, please, please feel free to email me at thereclaimedblog at gmail.com. Um, and as always, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. And until next time, peace.